Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. I'm WSB's Clark Howard. Howard. From Dunwoody to Douglasville. Washington to Woodstock. Whenever and wherever there's there severe weather, a traffic red alert, or breaking news. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in. Depend on it. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you, Mark Aram here. You there, it's 10.07, after 10. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hope you had a great week and a great, I guess, Halloween weekend coming up. I, don't, I guess the kids are trick-or-treating on Monday, but the adults will be partying this weekend. And, of course, the big Georgia-Florida game tomorrow you can hear right here on your home of the dogs, News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. As always, we like to bring the funny on a Friday. That funny uh, comes in the form of, shape of, Ricky <laughs> Velez, who is at the punchline this weekend. Ricky, welcome to the program. How you doing, man? This is great. You, it, uh, it was a struggle for you to get here. It was a struggle all around, man, <laughs> what, from what the exactly flight to happened? the Uber to everything. Take I just get it. lost in cities, man. I've never been here before. This so is my you, first so time in Atlanta. Is it really? We're well, yeah. walking to the south. And you guys get in a lot of car accidents. That's what I've noticed. A That's lot of car accidents. That's job security for me, the traffic guy. <laughs> so where did you fly in from? New York. All right. I'm born and raised out there. Did you fly to LaGuardia? I flew out of JFK. Because you know, the but vice I want to tell you this: I went to LaGuardia first by accident. Yes. Oh, that's because the I was worst. like, oh, it's Atlanta. I'm probably going out of LaGuardia. Nope, no. JFK. So I've been a mess trying to get here for a while. You know, in my lifetime, I've flown out of LaGuardia <laughs> hundred times. Yeah. JFK twice. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Uh, the only thing I really get out there for is L.A., so, yeah. like, yeah, that's the only reason I ever go out of here. Because JFK. yesterday, the vice presidential candidate, Mike Pence, his plane <laughs> went flying off the uh, runway at LaGuardia. Yeah, last night. Yeah, No, it was, uh, that's actually, like, the second time in two years it's happened. Yeah. It happened last year pretty bad. runway, and then you got the water right there, so it's Yeah, he it's almost difficult. ended up on the Grand Central Parkway. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. I, he's so trying to you, visit my dad. You still made the uh, <laughs> flight. Nice. You still made the flight. I made the flight. I'm here. The shows were fun last night. But Uber took you to, uh, to you are coming to the station today, and Uber took you to the Ritz-Carlton downtown? Downtown, 160th. So, what is, yeah, what, what address did you put into Uber? 160 Peach Street. See, we're 1601. You let people know West where you're Peach at? Street. Yeah. We're the... Oh, come on, you can't do that. That's <laughs> have, dangerous, man. <laughs> we have bulletproof glass all over here. We're fine. We're absolutely Yeah, fine. you're ready for it. They're exactly. ready over here. Well, I'm glad you finally made it. First time in Atlanta. First time at the Punchline. Yeah, uh, last night the new location uh, at the Landmark Diner. It's cool, man. Very it's cool. cool. It has a really cool New York vibes to yeah. it. I, I, I like the layout of the club. It's and, great. And the best part is um, because it's a, adjacent to a diner. I think it's got the biggest comedy club menu, food wise, in the world. Oh, easily. I mean, like. I, 
could you ask for anything more as yeah. a headliner, like diner food? Like, <laughs> exactly you're not like, right. you know how many towns I go to, and the only th- late night food is like Indian in Wisconsin. You don't want that, no, like, exactly. So. And and Seinfeld always jokes about when he was coming up as a comic, um, you know, stealing food off of plates in the hotel rooms that people put the. Oh yeah, you don't make money until you make money in comedy. And you get off and there's no place <laughs> open, so you gotta. Yeah. Eat, and so he'd he'd steal rolls off of people's plates in the hallway, but I believe it. At the punchline, at least you can get a cheese omelet. And a yeah, we get or... one free meal show. That's there fantastic. we go. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so Ricky Velez at the punchline uh, tomorrow night. Three shows. You doing three shows tomorrow? I'm night? doing three shows tomorrow night. Six, yeah. Six, eight, and ten traditionally. Tickets available at punchline.com. Uh, Folks may remember you from the uh, the Larry Wilmore show. I was right? on Larry Wilmore show. Yeah, we got canceled, but I'm all right with it. I, I talked to uh, someone else from the from Rory Albanese was just yeah, here. Rory yeah, was, he was the showrunner, and he uh, and he was a correspondent on the show. Man, listen, I've been fired before. That was no problem, but yeah. it was the first time I was ever fired, and it was on the news. <laughs> like that, that, that well, hurt your feelings. I mean, the show. I got mean, let go. People call it what it is. I yeah. call it firing. I mean, when they gather you in one room and tell you not to come in next week. That's a firing in my eyes. So this is a weird situation because, I mean, everyone listening right now, we've all been fired at some point. As a comedian, as, as someone, a member of the show, when the show gets canceled, are you now open for unemployment? Can you go to the unemployment office and get... I guess I could, but, like, I mean, listen... It was such an amazing experience. I'm a working comic. I'm moving, so yeah. like I'm not gonna collect my five fifty a week. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not run. too worried about it. Yeah. Plus, I don't know what that will look like if I'm trying to do that and I'm on the road. I'm, True, they wanna... audited me this year. No kidding. I went from making no money to all the money, and then they audit me. Now, let me ask you a question because Donald Trump won't release his taxes because the uh, he's getting audited. How long did your audit take? Cause this, this I tro- think it's still going on. They oh, okay. said 90 days. I still haven't heard back or got my refund yet. Are you worried that there's some shady stuff? I didn't do nothing shady. I just right. went from making no money to money. So then they go they ahead said. and they check you out. They don't trust you. Plus, I talk a lot of smack about Hillary Clinton. And, you know, I think she had something she to do with it. I, I think she pulled some strings Understood. in New York to get me audited. <laughs> now, as, as a traveling comic, though, um, I would imagine that... Uh, you can write off a lot of stuff, right? I Everything. Mean, yeah. That's yeah. why you got audited, probably, because it's all these write-offs. Yeah, there's a lot of write-offs, and it's just like, it goes from clothes to food to meals yeah. to Ubers that drive me in the wrong places. <laughs> yeah, exactly and right. But yeah, so all that. And But I mean, it's a great job. I love it. I get to make people angry with my words. It's yeah. the best thing in the how, world. How did you get into comedy? What What brought you to this weird career? Um, I was, I went to Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Queens, okay. and actually you talked about Seinfeld. Seinfeld spoke at our first graduation. My school was ran by Tony Bennett. Where in Queens is that? It's, it was in Long Island City. Now it's okay. in Astoria also where Tony Astoria. Bennett's from. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, and then, uh, Kevin Spacey spoke at my graduation. It was nice. an amazing thing. Then I went to college. Then I tried to join the military. And I wasn't able to due to the health issues. Okay. So I started laying carpet lupus? and doing stand-up. Is it lupus? No, it's not no. that. I had <laughs> I had seizures when I was a kid, and they can't explain them. So all right, because you look really young. How old are you? I'm 27. Oh, you are really young. So where did you go to college? 
I went to a school called Dowling. It closed this year. That's oh. how you know you don't go to a good school and your school just... And they still asking for my student loans. I'm not paying that off. My school you, doesn't exist anymore. That's a great point. Once the school closes, the <laughs> loan should be No, nah, Yeah, it should be. Away. We both made a mistake. So, so performing arts high school, which is very cool. Yeah, it was cool. And then college. And then the military says no. And you say... I was laying I carpet. Do? I was laying carpet yeah. for, uh, I started at 19 laying carpet, and then I just started getting on stage, and then I, I get on stage every was night. It, was and it then, tough for you to do that first time? No, not really, because I kind of missed, I kind of missed doing any type of art, you yeah. know? I went from, I went from doing like all the, in high school, my, my whole, half my day was doing theater. Sure. And then I went from doing no theater to, I was on carpet. the I was on the crew team in college <laughs> oh, for wow. a semester and a half, and then I went to laying carpet. So like getting back on stage was exciting to me. It was it was a lot of fun. I really loved and it. And how how long did it take for you to a realize this is what you want to do full time, and b start making a living at it? I don't think I ever thought about it in that sense. I remember seeing like Nick Griffin, Mike Vecchione, Kyle Grooms, Greer Barnes, like all these guys, and I was just like, I want to be one of them. Yeah. I want to be one of the cool guys. Okay. I want to be one of the guys that kill, walk out, and that's their night. Like, I, and I just wanted to be them, and now I get to hang with those guys. I, they're, like, they're my friends. So how long, is, how, from, from the first time you went up and did an open mic or whatever to now, how long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, since I was 19, I'm 27, eight years. Wow. So yeah. You're, you're a veteran at this point. I mean. Yeah, I've been around for a while, but I wouldn't call myself a vet. Like, you got to look at a tell. That's a vet. Yeah. Like, that guy's been in the game longer than I've been <laughs> He's alive. A so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm still learning and I'm, like, really enjoying the process now because, like, I, I made the switch into TV. And then, like, on top of it, you know, you go ahead and you say things on TV and you don't think anybody's listening, and then everybody's listening. And you're like, oh, yeah, I have a voice exactly. now. And I exactly. love getting underneath people's skin. Uh, that's like one of my well, favorite that's, that's things. That's one of the best parts of comedy. Ricky Velez in studio is at the Punchline this weekend. Tickets available online at punchline.com. How did you wind up at Comedy Central? Did they see you in the clubs, or did you have a contact? Larry Wilmore saw me. He showed up to Caroline's one night and saw me, and he was like, I want that kid. And then he showed up to two more shows, and I was like, I didn't even know who he was, honestly. I watched all of his shows that he made. I loved the Bernie Mac show, but I I didn't know who Larry was. You you saw Larry on TV here and there, nothing big. So he came up to me, and... He and we got to speak in and then we were going back and forth and I, I, I got up in front of him like three times and then they were like, Yeah, you got the show. That's and I was amazing, like amazing, dude. Yeah, and I, I was just like, Wow, that's great. Like I'm on a Caroline's daily such a show. Weird, a weird club. I love it. It's it's weird though, right? The it, the layout and unless it's the best club ever if it's sold out. Yeah. You can't do wrong in that room sure, sold sure. out. But um yeah, I mean, you can have every every club is weird. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta remember, like, who else stands in front of a bunch of people <laughs> and talks for an hour? Yeah. That's a weird concept. It, it absolutely it's, is. It, it's and again, it's terrifying to a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, want to do that, and they just the 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 fear of. Uh, I still I still get myself sick time to time yeah. depending on the show. Like you know, I still pace like a maniac before I go up. But, but it's that's still good. That's, yeah, you know. Mike Tyson felt that way before big fights. You know, that's part of the deal. It's, you know, you're That's what I'm trying to say. I'm the Mike Tyson of this stuff, you know? (laughs) Uh, Ricky Velez in studio. Is Caroline's your home? Is your home theater? What's your home? My home club club right now that I play a lot. uh, I play two clubs a lot. I play New York Comedy Club, which recently got like rebought. And and the owners totally flipped the club and it's incredible. And the Comedy Cellar, which is just. 
I mean, it's the it's the club of all clubs. It's 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 incredible. I mean, I was down there not too long ago, and I was watching Aziz Ansari, Chris Rock, and Dave Chappelle wow. all go on stage together, and then John Mayer showed up and started playing the guitar. Oh well, yeah, so I mean, like, that's what happens on a regular Tuesday. So, I mean, like, that's the club to be at, and that's the club I love and more than anything. That? Where's that that's on McDougal and 3rd down in the uh, in the vi- okay. in the village, yeah, Very and cool. it's it's been around forever. And... Do you ever play at Penny Whistles in uh, Astoria? No, I never even heard of that. Penny, oh, really? (laughs) It's an old strip club? (laughs) Apparently it's not there anymore. I was just checking. Um, All right, very cool. Uh, Ricky Velez, uh, formerly of The Nightly Show with Mm -hmm. Larry Wilmore. Uh, Rest in peace. No, he's still alive. Larry's still alive. Yeah, man. Um, Very cool. So if folks want to uh, see you tomorrow night, three shows, uh, tickets available online at punchline.com, 6, 8, and 10. And I'm assuming this is uh, an adults-only show. I'm getting a, an adults-only vibe uh, from you. I mean, I like the South. You know, I I, I go in and I talk about I talk about politics a lot, and people get upset. But at, at the same time, like I see, I, I was on stage the other night. I said I don't ask people who they vote for because that's a rude question. So this year, I just asked them if they're racist, and I figure it out from there. <laughs> And this guy stood up and he's like, I'm not racist. I'm voting for Trump and my daughter married a black guy. I was like, you don't sound happy about any of those three things. And he went, shut up. I know seven black people. I'm like, you're not supposed to know how many you know. That's the first rule of racism is not knowing how many you know. Like, And so I'm just here to stir it up. I wouldn't bring your child, but I mean, you could. You could. (laughs) Take the roll the dice. uh, I'll take that ticket. Come see Ricky uh, at the punch. Can you hang out one more segment? Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. We had some uh, monstrous guests in uh, on the show this week, not including you, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, but we Boop had actor Thomas Hayden Church. You know wow. who that is? Yes. Yeah, he was on the show. Um and some other guy I forgot. A lot of people from Atlanta. Yeah, what, is he just, from here? No, but uh, Atlanta's become like the. Uh, it's the new Hollywood. Hollywood of the South. It's Black Hollywood. Walking, Walking Dead. Tyler Perry. I mean, all the 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 neighbors were just shot out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. It's it's cheap to shoot out here. Very cheap. Yeah, it's yes. good. I like it out here. Yeah. This is my first time here, man. It's, this is this is cool. I moved down here from New York in '96, and you know people always say. I was seven. Why Atlanta? Yeah. <laughs> I was eight. I, I just hitchhiked. Um, they say, why Atlanta? I'm, I, it's, it's an easier lifestyle. It's a nice lifestyle down here. When I was in New York, I always was worrying about something. Um, am I going to get the train? Where can I park my car? What's go- there was always something weighing on my mind. Yeah. And I got down here and I was like, oh, it's so nice. I, I say that uh, uh, New York brings anxiety because it's a rich people disease. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if rich. you see people in Manhattan, everybody, I got social anxiety. No, you just hate to wait in line. Yeah. Like, that's your problem. Like, uh, is social anxiety? That's the not a thing. It's not a, it's not a real disease. There's no gangbangers in the hood like, I can't do a drive-by. Too many dudes in the car. I feel like the walls are caving in. Like, that's not a thing. So it's like, 
I moved into Manhattan. That threw me. I'm from Queens. I had yeah. a deck. I had a pool. Like, you yeah. know, so now I, like, and now I'm in the city. So yeah, now got I got nothing. anxiety. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Ricky Velez is at the punchline. Folks want to uh, get more of you online, all that stuff. Where can we find you? I'm always talking on Twitter. Uh, it's Ricky Velez. It's Ricky Velez on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I mean, they stole my website. I Ricky, was about to say, Ricky Velez I got to stolen, man. And it's for sale. I got hacked. I got what hacked. They took everything from me, you man. Let the, the domain expired. I or got into I got into a bit of a riff with some nerds online. Yeah. I ended up on the front page of Reddit. Oh wow! And they win, man. You yeah. you, you you know like you're powerless. You know it's funny that the nerds are the new bully. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I will give you. I'm not doing anything. MarkAram.com right now. You can go ahead and have I'll that take that. All website. right. Thank you, man. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you. Uh, see Ricky obviously this weekend. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Welcome Thanks to Atlanta. Thanks for having me. And sorry for being late, man. No, not at all, buddy. You're good. Um, and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, news, weather, and traffic next. Stick around. This is The Mark Aram Show. I'm WSB's Mark Aram. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center is on alert. With immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, traffic red alerts, from Cobb to Cherokee, Carroll to Gwinnett, Fulton to Forsyth, and all the rest. All the rest. WSB. WSB. Depend on it. Yo, this is Jamie Foxx, and you're listening to my man, Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show, 1037, 23 in front of 11. Mark Aram at your beck and call till midnight every Monday through Friday on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Low Chi Chuck off in Colorado with Erickson. Uh, DeMarco Jazzercise is screening the calls tonight. And we last week when you filled in, DeMarco, we had literally I had six people comment on how infectious your laughter is. The- that you know, that's been my entire radio career. It's my laugh, not my voice, uh, not my talent, but just my laugh. your laugh. My I, laugh. I mean, seriously, I've never had <laughs> listener response to your laugh. Like, you know, what was really crazy is the previous show I was on, the Rick and Bubba show. They yeah. actually have my laugh on their website as a ringtone, so you can download it. It's crazy. Well, so what we're gonna do is, um, a, a we're we're getting your laughter ready for a hotkey when you're not here oh wow and a listener had the idea yesterday to uh have a contest for a laugh track for the show so in the second hour of the show tonight folks are going to call in with their best laughs and we'll compile them and longoria is going to put together a, a laugh track uh, so next hour Great idea. if you're a good laugher like uh demarco is Mr. Jazzer size, then uh, you'll call in next hour. But right now we're talking about what's going on in the World Series. By the way, it's three to three in the bottom of the seventh. Kansas City and the Mets. Kansas City starting pitcher Edison Volquez, game one starter, first time pitching in the World Series, biggest moment of his career. And an hour or two before the game, his father passes away of a heart attack at 63. And we're not sure if he was told before the game or not. What should the Royals have done as as the team? Do you tell him 
before he takes the mound, or do you wait until after the game? And what would you want to do in that situation? If you're Edison Volquez, would you want to know or not? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Justin Farmer from Channel 2 Action News joins us. Would you want to know, Jeff? Hey, buddy. So here's the thing. So the death was sudden. Young father. 63. Drops dead of a heart attack. Correct. It's not like it was a prolonged illness. Correct. Whew. The tough thing is this. If you're Royals management, I mean, what a conundrum, right? Absolutely. Because it's your responsibility as an employee of the Royals to put the best team out there possible, which means maybe you lean toward withholding. But then family, of course, is always bigger exactly. than a game. So you're really... In a tough spot. And do you wreck this kid's psyche, which is a disservice to him, because does two and a half hours really make a difference? I don't know. Would you want to know? I don't know. You know, I think I would not be angry. If I were a professional athlete mm-hmm. for the biggest moment of my life, I don't think I'd be mad at a spouse or a boss if they decided to withhold, sure. if I was teeing it up at Augusta, if I was going to exactly. go pitch a game one of the World Series. I mean, I'm going to be heartbroken either way. I don't know if I'd be irritated because would it not have affected Of course it would have Absolutely. affected his performance, correct? Well, here's the, here's the way I look at it. I, I'm with you. I would not want to know. Because I don't, I mean, we don't know what what kind of relationship Edison had with his father, but I'm very close to my dad. And if you told me before an hour before I'm pitching Game One of the World Series, yeah. I would not be able to take. The you mound. wouldn't be able to take. There's it. There's no okay. way. Yeah. So I would. I'd prefer you withhold it. Let me go out there, think everything's all right, and then tell me after the game. Otherwise, because I'm, I would not be able to perform. They'd be scrambling for another pitcher, yeah. so which wrecks the whole rotation and the whole series. Exactly. And yada, yada, yada. Now, how did he, he didn't pitch, pitch that great? Did he? He did all right. I mean, it's a tie game, three three. So okay. I mean, he he was yeah, he, he, and he looked calm. Okay. So which leads me to believe that he doesn't know. Do we know if he knows now? I would imagine he knows now. Okay. He's he's pulled out of the game. He's Have they the gone to shots of him? Have we seen him? No. We haven't seen him. No. Okay. We haven't seen him in the dugout. Okay. So, yeah. It's it's an interesting human interest kind of story here, yeah. even if you're not a baseball fan. Yeah. Um, what time, uh, what do we got cooking tonight? On we're going to go beat? on at 11 tonight, Mark. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the night beat at 11. Gosh, I hate to say this. This is such a bummer, but there was a two-year-old in Ackworth who um, we're getting details now, so this is not confirmed, but we think that a father may have left a, a, a firearm out on a bed or something in the mm. bedroom and a toddler got a hold of it. And it ended in the worst possible way. Ugh. So we're looking at that tonight at 11, and it's a it's a real bummer. On a good news, um, we're going to actually get our high temperature of the day in about an hour, and then the next three or four or five days are going to be really nice until Sunday. Nice. So we got that going. So a dry rush hour tomorrow? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, maybe tomorrow afternoon late. Oh, all right. I hate the morning drive. On <laughs> hey, um, real quick, I'm going to throw this at you. All right. Best, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Go back into your childhood memories. What was your favorite Halloween costume? Um, yeah, I, I was like, I, I was into the military. So, you know, you give me an army hat and fatigues <laughs> and, a, and a fake gun, like that was my nice. go-to costume. Uh-huh. Or nice. like a sword, like a medieval, co- like uh-huh. I was I was into the warrior costumes. Good stuff. That Thanks for me. sharing. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> See you, pal. Justin, the farmer, anchor of the night beat, and it's at 11 tonight. Bar- barring technical difficulties, it'll be on at 11. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Lee's up on the Mark Aram Show. Hello, Lee. Welcome to the program. Hey, good evening. What's going on, brother? Uh, me, personally, I would not want to know. Everybody's different, but if I was in management, I'd leave that decision up to the wife and the mom. Yeah, you're right. We, you, well, and and maybe you have that conversation with the his family before, and you say, hey, you approach them, what should we do? You know him better. It, that, that's the only route they can go. 
I mean, when you get down on a human level, that's, that's the only route they can take. But I would not want to know until afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Lee. Anything. Now, if you found, if they did tell them, and let's put, let's just say you are Edison Volquez, you're about to pitch a game in the World Series, and they tell you before the game, would you be able to go out there and pitch if you just found out your dad died? No, my mind wouldn't be in the Exactly, game. exactly. And I know there's some, you know, there's there's some, you know, opinions out there. Oh no, that you know, I'd be, I'd want to prove it to dad. I don't know, man. God forbid, I never want to know that situation. Um, but I, I would be a, I would be a puddle. I'd be a mess. I'd be a wreck. Uh, buddies in Conyers, buddy, you got a, a similar situation. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks. Uh, on your situation, if my dad had been sick for a while, yes, tell me. If it was something like that, no, don't. Um, but I called to tell you that uh, last December the 21st, I had proposed to my wife about 6.30 p.m. one night. Her name is Catherine. Um, she accepted, thank goodness. Uh, about an hour later, I got a phone call. They pulled me aside, and they said, hey, look, we just found out that your mother passed about an hour ago. So my mother actually died at the same time I was asking my now wife to be my bride. Uh, my mother's name was also Catherine. So while you're proposing to your bride, your mom died. Exactly. That's weird. That's like yeah. a, oh, that's a, and and so when you found out, what was your reaction like? Uh, I mean, because you go from the high of, of, you know, you just proposed and she said yes, and then all of a sudden a gut punch that your mom's dead. Right. And now my mother had been ill for a while and had been in a nursing home. Um, but what I did, I looked at everyone and, and, you know, just what came to my mind was, well, God just decided he couldn't have two Catherine Sumners in the world at the same time. And he, and he took your mom. That's it. Wow. Great, great story, buddy. I mean, I'm sorry for your loss. I hope uh, I, I wish you nothing but uh, many years of a happy marriage, my friend. Thanks, Mark. All right, take care, buddy. Uh, Jacob's in Flowery Branch. Jake, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, how's it going, man? What's going on, Jacob? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, uh, drop two little things on you, one being uh, the topic of discussion. Um, I actually had a similar situation, uh, not uh, really referencing to me, but uh, I was playing high school football with a kid um, a couple years ago, and uh, during whenever we were in the uh, the runnings for the state playoffs in uh, one of our semifinal games, we actually had um, our starting kicker and uh, defensive end. His uh, his parents were actually both killed in a car accident on their way to the game. Oh my gosh! And, yeah, yeah, it was it was really bad. And uh, you know, nobody actually. I know the coaches found out beforehand, but nobody actually found out. Um, you know, nobody actually told him until after the game. And uh, I talked to him uh, a couple of days after that. You know, I mean, everybody was giving him condolences and so forth and so on. And uh, you know, I, I got a chance to talk to him for a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing he actually did say to me specifically was, um, you know, I'm actually glad that I didn't find out until after the game so that I was able to go out there and give my best performance because we did actually end up winning the game. And uh, he did really good that game. See, know, I, that's, that's weird. So I, if I was in that position, like when I was playing football or baseball in high school and, uh, and my parents were at the game, I'd always look for them. Oh, so yeah. I wonder if he was, like, spending the whole game, like, scanning the, the crowds, like, oh, I wonder where my folks are. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, I mean, it, it was a really rough, yeah, really rough situation. You know, nobody, nobody expected it at all. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I felt really bad for the kid, but um, you know, we did end up winning the game, which was uh, good, and we, you know, we went pretty far that season. Uh, and did you, you know, like, did you huddle up with like who who made that decision not to tell the kid? Uh, well, no, none of the other players knew. You know, they actually didn't tell any of the players. Um, I'm guessing because the coaches originally found out. 
And um, I guess they chose to hold that back from him until after the game. Because like you said earlier, you know, you're going to be heartbroken either way about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to affect you one way or the other Mm -hmm. in the situation. So at least he was able to go out there, do something he loved, you know, on his best performance. And afterwards, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, you know, part of how things go. Gotcha. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, I would not want to know. I would not want to know until after. Uh, Alicia is in Monroe. Alicia, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. Um, the same thing happened to me in eighth grade. Uh, I was to have a softball game that day, and my parents were divorced, and my stepdad and my mom had decided to not tell me that my dad had passed away earlier that day. Your biological they, dad, your real dad. Yes, my biological father. He was living in Arizona. Um, he had a heart attack and died at 45. And wow. They wanted me to be able to play the softball game, so they did not tell me. And when I did find out afterwards, I just felt so betrayed. And I'm still kind of angry about it to this day that they didn't tell me. So you you wish um, they did tell you? Yes. I, I, would, I wanted to know. Um, obviously, it was an eighth-grade Little League softball game. But not the, Different than not the, World series, the World sure. Series, sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still am a little hurt and a little angry that they didn't tell me when it happened. But you understand why they didn't tell you, though, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I get the reasoning, but it's still, I would rather have known. I mean, so, it's my father. Do you have Do you have kids now? I do not. Okay. I, I was going to just ask, you know, <laughs> if, if the roles were reversed and you were a parent and, uh, you know, God forbid, uh, your child lost I mean, their father. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm a 911 operator, so we have to tell people bad news all oh, the time. Oh, gosh. Bless your heart. That's a tough <laughs> job. So I think that, um, I don't know, I, I like the Band-Aid approach. Just rip it off and tell them. Yeah. All right, interesting. So you you wanted to know. Granted, it's a different situation. Eighth grade uh, softball game, game one of the World Series. But she wants to know. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Nancy's in Vinings. Hello, Nancy. Hi. How are you doing, Mark? Great, sweetie. How are you? I'm fine. But you know, I was just thinking. Uh, I don't think that uh, he should be told because it would shake his confidence. And I don't know, no matter how close he is to his family, you would think he'd want to be with his mother to uh, give her moral support. So I think it would he should not be told until afterwards, because he can't do anything about it anyway. I'm with you. I wouldn't tell him, and I wouldn't want to know till after the game. I, I want... Like, I wonder, so, like, he's out of the game right now. He's in the clubhouse. I'm assuming he knows now for sure. Is he mad that they didn't tell him? Is he, you know, is he just... I would think not. I would think he would not. He'd probably be glad, especially if he's if he did well, if he succeeded in what he was initially there for. Yeah, and he did. He pitched well. And now he can go and, and uh, you know, be moral support to his loved ones. Yeah, exactly. Nancy, always a pleasure, darling. All right, take care. We're going to come back more on your calls. Uh, developing situation, if you're just joining us, Edison Volquez, starting pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, game one of the World Series tonight. Two hours before the first pitch, his father dies of a heart attack at the age of 63 in the Dominican Republic. From what we can tell, the organization, the Royals, did not tell him that his father passed before the game. Is that the right move? And if you were in that situation, would you want to know? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. All right, I just tweeted out ESPN saying that Volquez found out that his father died while on his way to the stadium. 
So he did know before the start of the game. Amazing heart to still take the mound. I definitely could not have done that. Uh, Noah's in Conyers. Noah, welcome to the show. Well, that just kind of throws a wrench into what I was going to say. What were you going to say? If he didn't know and he got to the stadium and they needed to have all the managers, the owner, everybody in there in the office, uh, whatever his faith is, either uh, father, pastor, preacher, his significant other, whoever in there with him, whenever they told him, because there's nothing more important than family. I'm sorry. Oh, I, listen, I'm with you. But uh, I, if I was in his shoes, I would not want to know before the biggest game of the life. Wait two hours and tell me after the game. Mike's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mike, welcome to the program. How you doing? Yeah, I agree with the last caller. I mean, to me, family is the most important thing. I'm really close with my dad, and I would be really upset with this team if they hadn't told me. Now, up here in Green Bay, Brett Favre, Green Bay Packer quarterback, um, he had one of the best games of his career right after his father passed on. He went out and played with a I remember that. He was playing for his dad, and um, that goes down as one of his best games ever up there. And, so. uh, but I, I give Edison Volquez, I mean, if you saw any of the game, he did not look rattled at all. He, you know, he was calm and composed out there. And the fact that he did know about his father's death before the game started is pretty amazing. I would not have been able to take them out. And we, we don't know the relationship he has with his his dad or had with his dad. Uh, according to Fox Sports, um, he is now in the clubhouse with his family members. So Edison Volquez is now in the clubhouse with his family members uh, consoling each other. We'll continue to uh, take calls on this uh, situation. 404-872-0750. News, weather, and traffic next. Hang tight. This is The Mark Aram Show. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.